here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rob McCarron. Hashtag authority. Hashtag Steph Bouncy. Hashtag SmackDown 15. Jeff Hawkins. You done digging that hole? You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Dance on your grave, dirt sheet writer. Welcome back to Shake Them Ropes. Rob McCarron here, Jeff Hawkins. It is Shake Them Ropes episode 82. No music today. I'm going to input the music afterwards, with I, which I think caught you off guard. It did. Yeah, because I usually do the music as we're recording. Not so much tonight. It's because I'm out. I'm all out of sorts, Jeff. Why so is that? I'm pretty sure I have a concussion. Banging your head in frustration? I'm pretty sure. No, this is not a joke, actually. Like, I'm pretty oh, okay. sure I have a mild concussion from something. Okay, how, how'd you pull that? I may have been hit in the head with a baseball. I think you'd remember such a thing. I remember being hit in the head with a baseball. Okay. <laughs> and I remember my head being hurt. My head's still hurting a little bit. So I may just not go to sleep tonight at all. I don't know. But. <laughs> this may be the last Shake Them Ropes. Maybe the last episode. So I. <laughs> Will not be able to compete at payback, mm. and I have to relinquish my intercontinental championship. Uh, well, kind of like Daniel Bryan, who came out on Raw this week, Jeff, gave up the belt yes. that we were all so excited that he was going to make a big thing. John Cena's doing his part to make the U.S. title a big thing. Daniel Bryan didn't quite get that chance, so he's well, gone. Well, in his defense, they rushed him back from injury and stuck him in a ladder match for WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did. They, they do that. I mean, it's so weird how they always do that. Like, maybe it's just a sign that there are too many of these gimmick matches spread throughout the year because Christian came back from head trauma and ended up in a Money in the Bank ladder match. Daniel Bryan comes back from injury, ends up in this ladder match. You know, we. I was talking with Rich Kreich of Voices of Wrestling that you know, Sami Zayn is hurt with a shoulder right now. They got the em- Elimination Chamber coming back. How about his first match back? Taking bumps on the hard steel with the shoulder. Mm. But, you know, it can, just... Can I, can I be so callous as to say that perhaps they don't... Do all these matches? He, well, since he's not a big money player, so to speak, that they don't necessarily, for lack of a better term, care as much... If Daniel Bryan, I mean, you know, I mean, in terms of his, I'm not going to say they're callous enough to say, man, we don't care if you get hurt or not. You wouldn't see like John Cena come back from a pec tear and exactly. be in a hell in a cell the next exactly. night. Exactly. Well, wait, did he do that? No, I'm just saying you wouldn't see it. Okay. <laughs> not that you would see John Cena in a ton of ladder matches anyway. And hell in a cell yeah. might be a bad example because they're pretty tame these days. 
I mean, when he came back from injury, it was into a battle royal, yeah. Royal Rumble. And, and he, you can protect guys in a Royal Rumble. And then he basically took two months off until WrestleMania when he needed uh-huh. to give his 100%. Yeah. Daniel Bryan, hey, you're back from a almost career-threatening shoulder back. and arm injury. You're back. Go, go climb that giant ladder. Why not? Now be, now be careful. Be careful when you do that. We'd hate to see you get hurt. But, you know, what do you think of his promo? Well, it's hard to judge promos like that because the guy was basically saying goodbye. Yeah. Like without actually putting a bookend to it, he was saying goodbye in case that might have been it. And you get a lot of reaction like, you know, the typical reaction is, oh, it's sad to see Daniel Bryan do this. I hope he's healthy. I hope everything goes right for him. You have those going on the extreme. Like, I hope Daniel Bryan retires like they don't they don't know what's wrong with him. It might be something where he can come back in a month and be, you know, as good as possible. And they just like, no, just retire. Go away. We got the best of you. You know, we want you to make sure you're never hurt ever. So just go. I meant from a content standpoint more than anything. Right. Well, I mean, this was his content, really. Like he talked I don't about. Think he was, I don't think he was speaking from the heart all that much. It felt very cynically scripted uh, to me. I, I didn't get that sense at all. Okay. Oh, well, some of it was because he was talking about the angle of last year, how Stephanie you know, the... took the title away. And, yeah. you know, he was putting that over like he admits at the time that he hated that they took the title off of him in real life. But at the same time, it was the right move in real life as well as it could have been worked better on screen. But I mean, yeah. the, the gist of everything here is that Daniel Bryan's not going to be wrestling anytime soon. Right. It looks like. No, no, that's 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 the lead. That's the most important thing. Everything else is just kind of reading into things like I, I thought the promo may have cut himself down a little bit too much as a, as a quote-unquote fighting champion or something to that effect. It just seemed odd, some of the tone, as opposed to coming from the heart, like, edges promo I, I did. think if he were to actually have to retire at some point, let's say he never wrestles again and he retires, we'll get the real Daniel Bryan speech at that point. Like, I didn't need it right now. Okay. Because oh, he, may come, he no, may come back and point. wrestle, you know? Yeah. He may come back. He may come I back agree. next month, for all we know. Mm-hmm. Um, But kind of going together with this news is the fact that Daniel Bryan relinquished the IC title. So now we have no champion. And how are we going to get a champion? We are going to get it inside the Elimination Chamber. On May 31st, the Intercontinental title will be decided. Six men going at it inside a ridiculous cage. Is that official? That is official. Okay. And one man is going to walk out the Intercontinental champion. I have no problem with that. I like I, I like that better than, say, a money in the, or put it on a ladder. Um <laughs> I just my my only concern is I hope they also don't do like a world title elimination chamber at the same time. Oh, so you don't know what's going on here? Apparently, it sounds like. No, I don't. They have I, announced. The they have announced the two chamber matches. Jeff Hawkins. Uh huh. There's four matches announced already for this pay per view. We don't have the participants in them yet, but we have the matches. There will be oh. a John Cena match. Okay. There will be a world heavyweight title match. Okay. There will be the intercontinental championship elimination chamber all right and then there will be a tag team championship elimination chamber three teams six men inside the cage the winner walks out with the tag team titles interesting it is it's unique i kind of i kind of dig that i kind of dig that now who's the third team you think because we i think we know too new day cesaro kid harper and rowan all right, I got no problem with that. That's what it's going to be, it looks like. I mean, the tag team that was given the best push outside of the two title contenders 
was Harper and Rowan last night on Raw. And that goes back to we finally got the reunification of Luke Harper mm-hmm. and Eric Rowan. And I like the subtle difference now that they're a team. Like, Rowan's not going back just to be Luke Harper's whipping boy, which was always the gimmick. You would always see during the matches that Harper would control where Rowan goes. He'd be pushing him and pulling him. Now Rowan fights back. Like, he's part of this team. He knows it's the best thing for him, but he's not just going to be controlled by Luke Harper. He's his own man. And go for it. He won a match against Fandango as Cole, JBL, and Booker T completely buried Fandango on commentary. Like they weren't even pushing the fact that Rowan was this, you know, badass guy. They were burying how fast Fandango would lose. Cause he's a dork and a loser. Yeah. They, this is their move. And, and you I know, mean, I, I, I just, I hate it. I hate it. Cause it doesn't make Rowan look any better. It doesn't it's, exactly. How about you build up Rowan for the two minutes that it took? Like Rowan's a complete monster. It's not because Fandango's a lesser opponent. It's because Rowan is just a badass monster. Here's my tangent on this, just a little bit, in terms of building people up. We had three great programs in the past seven days that built people up, and none of them were that main Raw show. We had NXT, which had that great Kevin Owens interview. Mm-hmm. That thing was fantastic. It really I was loved with it. Cole, yeah, the sit-down. God, that was great. And that whole show was a great pro wrestling hour mm-hmm. for me. I loved it. You had the Roman Reigns documentary, which was great. And you had the E60 special on ESPN, which was fantastic that e60 special made me care more about those guys than anything wwe has ever done including the fact the ironic fact that they have mcmahon on there saying well we try and keep things close to reality blah blah no you don't fool it's it's amazing how they push this as the reality era all because of the social media and everything like everyone knows what's going on but they couldn't be more away from reality with some of these characters uh i mean you have ray lapon on the E60 special, and people care about this guy. Like, he's fighting for his family. He's trying to do everything he can to make sure his... Uh, was it his son or his daughter? His child, basically, was supported. Son, yeah. And, like, he wanted this guy to succeed. And then Dancing Adam Rose, the goofball, comes out on Monday Night Raw. And it's such a, you know, a three a 180 from what he was doing on E60 that got him over. Like, if you want to be reality, I understand having fake names. You want to copyright the names. No one, I don't think, has a real problem with the names. Sometimes you'll get a name that people are like, why can't they just use the real name? Like, well, you realize why they can't use it. That's not the issue. The issue is making such a completely different character than what the person is. And, you know, here is Ray LaPon, who saw Leo Kroger going nowhere. Yeah. So now he had to completely change it up and look at something that might be more interesting. And Adam Rose as a gimmick, as an idea, was more interesting. So that got him on the roster. But there's no depth to it. And right. NXT was looking too short term instead of long term where this guy could go. And you got to start looking long term. If you want to be reality based, base it on these people's real lives so that when they're on the E60 or they're doing a documentary special for the network, you can then translate that to TV and make it close with their character instead of having to ignore it because Ray LaPon isn't Adam Rose. And far be it for me to suggest this, but. They don't do it because they, they're they so into micromanaging who gets over, who gets a push, who's going to be the big star, who's the guy we put the rock on the back, that they're afraid that if they do these kinds of reality things and they put a guy like Ray LaPan on, on the main show and he starts getting a lot of momentum, 
because we've seen this happen in other cases where guys just randomly do something and it starts to get over and then they just crush it because it wasn't in their vision of what they saw, like, say, Zack Ryder. Right. And and they can't control that if you put a real story on there and people start to take to it. So, so they make up these things where, I mean, like the Roman Reigns documentary, yeah, that's going to get a guy like that over. Mm-hmm. You do the same thing with Adam Rose like E60 did, it's going to get him over too, to the same extent it gets over a Roman Reigns. And the crazy thing is you can do this for both guys that you want to be baby faces. You and can get, heels. You can do it for yeah. heels too. Yeah. I mean, do you remember, that, uh, you remember Kevin World, o- the, well, the Kevin, Kevin Owens, Owens thing. Yep. But I mean, even if you're doing like a backstage thing, like I go back to what has Sylvester Lafort done on NXT since he started? Nothing. Nothing. He's done nothing. The world of hurt stuff. World of hurt with right? Lance Storm. Yeah. This guy got over as the biggest dick and a guy you wanted yeah. to see get beat in a fight. Because he was his real personality. Like, do something more like that. Like, if you're going to do this reality stuff, because we're, I don't want to be telling them how to do their TV, because obviously they have done what, for the most part, works. Whether it's as great as it can be, I don't think it is, but it works at some level. I'm not telling them how to do their TV, but if you're going to do the reality stuff, because clearly they want to try this, they do these backstage documentaries on the network. Clearly they want to do this. If you want to do it, do it. Yeah. But, but you gotta, I, and I say even switch up the format because they haven't changed the format of Raw or SmackDown in 20 years now. Uh-huh. Let's, let's, let's do something about that. But I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head kind of the secret of a great bad guy is he doesn't think he's really the bad guy in his own story. I mean, that's why Kevin Owens is such a great dick heel. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why Sylvester LaFort was such a great jerk on that world of hurt season. That's heck. That's how Miz got over on the real world and road rules yeah. type of stuff on MTV. He was a little bit, you know, he was playing up to the camera, no doubt, but that was him for the most part. Yeah. I, 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 it's just in inex- you you have three hours to try. Let I mean, and the problem is they 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 are so stuck on their formula. This is the formula people like. If we change it, people are going to shut off the TV. See, bringing Hunter back to say Daddy's home. <laughs> you know, we they want to see their stars. They want to see their stars do the things that they expect to see. And if we put something unexpected on there, they may turn on us. It, it's it's out of fear more than anything. Yeah, I just, I mean, we see these documentaries and I think a lot of us get so excited for them. And I I think they're great that they put them on the network, but we get excited for the people that we see in these documentaries. And then their on-screen character that we actually have to follow and want to follow on Raw and SmackDown are so different that it's not the same guy. And that's why I I think, well, I think the Roman Reigns one worked because Roman isn't that different than what they portrayed in the documentary. This is a guy who lost his title opportunity. He's not a goofball character. He's a real person as a character. But you can't do that with Adam Rose. You can't do that with Fandango. You can't do it with Heath Slater would be a good one. If you want to get over as a heel, follow him around for a week. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, even Fandango, when he, when he was Johnny Curtis, was yeah. doing great stuff and he, when he wasn't under control. But, I mean, right. you could do a week. You could package two minutes worth of vignettes of what he did on the NXT and SmackDown when he was doing that character and get and 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 give him a renewed push. You could. Because he was great on that stuff. Well, amazingly enough, I mean, obviously this would normally be our payback preview show because payback is on Sunday. Right. We're at the same time only two weeks away from the Elimination Chamber. (laughs) Only two weeks away. 
There are two live, draws in between now and the Elimination Chamber. Live post shows for both. Breaking news. <laughs> uh, we probably will. I, <laughs> well, I, I don't see why if, not. If you don't die of a brain hemorrhage, we'll be fine. <laughs> I, I got to get this. Con- well, I think what you what do you do with a concussion? You just sleep it off, right? Well, no, there's concussion protocol. Like they're, they're, you know, it depends on the severity and you get looked at and then, you know. It's not severe. Like some places you go to a dark room and you just lie down and you make sure you're, you know, you don't have anything. Oh, instead. I'm not, go to WebMD, do what everybody else does. Instead, what I'm doing is talking to you at 1030 at night (laughs) Eastern, staring into a bright light that I have in front of the camera. (laughs) Oh, Rob, it was nice knowing you. That's what I'm doing. I feel good. I feel, you know, I feel good. Maybe I, I don't know. Um, but here's the, still, Oh, go ahead. Well, we have Elimination Chamber, which is coming up on the 31st. We have Payback mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, like I said, some matches. In that. We have four indirect matches announced for the Elimination Chamber. So what I want to do is go through those matches and work backwards. And well, you see, actually want to do a preview then? Not really kind of a prediction of elimination chamber but see how it would relate to the pay-per-view that we're just about to see here in payback okay so real f- quick before we get to that let's finish up raw but what else uh, on raw was of big interest oh that john cena adrian neville match was fantastic yes it was oh my god that was great that that and, and i was and i was cynically come oh here we go another john cena challenge that's the same he kicks out of this he kicks out of that, that was a great match was a great i loved match. every minute of that so what do you make of the fact that they couldn't do it with Sami Zayn, but here we are with Neville. And Rusev could have easily come in and attacked Cena after the match. But no, he comes in before the match is over. Neville does not take a loss. Neville is on top, kind of, mm-hmm. when Rusev comes in. Is it just me? Or does it seem like, based on what we're seeing with Neville getting highlights week after week, commentators putting him over like he's the biggest star of the bunch? Don't they seem to really like Neville? And and that's a good thing, I think, right? To a point. I think they like him a lot. I, I just don't. I, I'm waiting for the win. I'm waiting for the win, Rob. And he's gotten some. He beat Wade Barrett. Right. Okay. Until, yeah, but we destroyed him two days later. Or so even the next night. He beat him two days later. I wouldn't well, say it was destroyed a, him. Well, competitive match, and then Neville runs right into a bull hammer. It was, you know, it was it's... the final of the King of the Ring, though. Okay, fair enough. Um, what what I think? I I, th- I think they do like him. I think they yes. like him. Let me answer your question first. I'll be honest. I think okay. they like him. And don't I? I don't think he's getting a title run at anything. Oh, I don't. Well, I don't think so either. Soon. But also, is he a guy that needs it right now? The guy's no. getting more over through the crowds just by doing what he's doing in the ring, wrestling John Cena, Wade Barrett in competitive matches. Right. But this is also this also mirrors a lot of what like Rey Mysterio and Evan yeah, Bourne. Yeah. I mean, they, they <laughs> never put it past them to blow it. So, but right now they like him. They like him. Well, I think the reason why I say this is because of the commentary during his matches. Because the commentary is often the voice of Vince McMahon, who's yes. ultimately the guy in charge. Yes. And you have on one side Luke Harper and Rowan versus Fandango, and all the commentary is burying Fandango and not putting over Rowan. Whereas you have Neville in the ring with John Cena and all the commentary is talking about how great Neville is. 
And I think I think they do trust him a little bit in that they let him do kind of a different match than we're used to seeing out of yeah. Neville in this. Did, got a lot more different kinds of moves, a lot more different offense. I liked I liked John Cena kind of being playing the heel in this match. Well, he's done that, which is yeah. I think, but I mean, this was even more pronounced, like the little yeah. fist to the face that knocked. Out, I mean, that was a heel move going out of the ring to stall a little. That's a heel move. It was great. I loved this match so much. And this is another reason why John Cena is the best wrestler of all time. Because John Cena, when he's in there with a hugely popular baby face, will work that subtle heel style while not being a heel. And the crowd Mm -hmm. will not dislike him for the actions in the ring. But the kind of stuff where, okay, a close two count happens and then he goes, talks to the ref. He's arguing with the ref, but he's not doing it blatantly. Right, he's not whining. He's, he's just asking, whining. "Are you sure that wasn't three? That kind of thing. It's it's very subtle and it's very cool. He's like he's like the manager in baseball or the catcher, like the catcher in baseball after a bad strike or a ball call against him, will stay looking ahead while talking to the ref. No one outside can see it, but you know those two are having a conversation instead yeah. of the catcher who turns around, takes the mask off, and is yelling blatantly at him. John Cena's the guy that you know he's following the rules while voicing his displeasure. Mm-hmm. But this series has been excellent. Like, I hope John Cena does not lose the U.S. title here on Payback because I want these matches to continue. I hope he loses it at the Elimination Chamber. Maybe. Depending on who he's facing. Well, that, I don't know. We'll do that. Yeah, because depending, maybe he faces Rusev again. Maybe there's I, another match with Rusev somehow. It's only two weeks. Are you going to give him a new challenger two weeks from now? I don't think so. I don't think. He could, de- he could debut someone. You could debut somebody. Let's get into this preview for payback slash elimination chamber. Unless there's anything else from raw that we need to get through before we do that. Uh, the only quick thing, uh, I thought Xavier Woods after the Daniel Bryan speech was fantastic too. Come out. Don't worry about Daniel Bryan. Leave it. You got the new day now, right? He's great. He's Xavier, excellent. Xavier Woods in this role is great. Yes. Uh, Kofi Kingston was excellent. Biggie was excellent. Yes. There's good times. They're, they're great. They're they're pretty good. They were in Cincinnati. So of course they're mocking Pete Rose. Which Thank WWE for, does. Thank you for not well, Pete he, Rose is a friend of the company, so you he's can a friend that. slash enemy. Like you never know at times. He's yeah. the whipping boy. They make fun I'd of like, him. Wow. I'd personally like to thank them for not making fun of the Bengals, but <laughs> did you <laughs> Terrell Pryor competing for that backup uh, job. Just just move on, Rob. Curtis Axel and Damian Sandow, the new mega powers. Axel Mania and Macho Mandow are taking on the Ascension, Connor and Victor, on the kickoff show. Uh, this match means nothing. Axel Mania and Macho Mandow will win, right? Because Ascension ain't winning a match. Would it, would it be past them to add in the primetime players as the New Age Outlaws and just make it a total, <laughs> total homage fest? They could. <laughs> Yes, I, I think I think I think I think Mandow and Axelmania win, and then they do the uh, Mega Powers handshake. <laughs> they do the other. See, I always, or not always, but ever since this kind of started, and I, it seems they're going with it now. Uh, we had, <coughs> excuse me, Sandow mm-hmm. dressed in the Macho Man colors and the go- the gear. So at yep. Payback, you would think that Curtis Axel would come out in the red and yellow, right? Yes. Just go full on. Now, yes. what I want them to do is every <laughs> week, the mega powers explode and then reunite. 
and then explode and reunite. Will Lana be the uh, the role of Elizabeth at some point? <laughs> God hope not. I hope not. Uh, if, she, if she's going to be this top gonna... female face, then that isn't where she should be. Are we going to get NWO Axel at some point? Why not just go through the entire careers? <laughs> yeah, why not? Put put Sandow on the announced team of SmackDown for a year. Have him announce a couple of pay-per-views and then become NWO Savage. And then and then put him on the gas and let him deflate. It'll be great. Why not? <laughs> Give Axel a reality show. Uh, short Dana, answer, yes. With Dana Brooke winning. and two children. I'm Dana Brooke. Sorry, that's my that's my Dana Brooke impression. Horrible. Don't you be smirch, my dear Dana Brooke. That's for the Shake Them Ropes Theater when we get to Dana Brooke. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, we kind of talked about John Cena and Rusev already. I mean, is this yeah. is this the night where Rusev finally wins? Is John Cena going to somehow say, I quit? Are you going to stick with your potential idea that John Cena quits to save Lana? Oh, man. Not, not, well... If you well, if you hot shot the belt on the Rusev and then back at Elimination Chamber, I could totally see that. But that's I the still... only way John Cena wins. Yeah, right? like that's the, the only, only way, or excuse me, the the only way Rusev wins. Yeah, is if Lana is involved and John Cena has to save her somehow. It depends on how serious they are about thinking that there's money in Lana. I think this is where you have to turn her. If you have to go through with it here. So would if this be gonna her, go through with it. her like throwing in the towel for Rusev and quitting for him? Yes. Yeah. And this and would then, just be another non-loss for. Yeah, and then moving on to be the director of operations, probably. I think that's going to be her new role. I would, the, I question that because I mean, that could very well be it. Yeah, it, it makes sense. It gets Lana away, right? And it puts her with Stephanie. Yeah, but so in this scenario, though. Lana would turn on Rusev, do the quitting, leave his side, and then it would just be a clean break. Yeah. Because Lana doesn't have another guy to go to that Rusev can feud with. Like, there's no feud there. I haven't thought this out, Rob. I gotta be honest with you. Well, I mean, if that happens, I think that's the way you go about it, is they would just completely separate Lana. Like, there wouldn't be a program for the next couple of months where Lana somehow is still tied into Rusev. If she turns on him and quits for him, it's just over and Rusev moves on. Is there a general manager for SmackDown? You you don't want to bury her on SmackDown is the thing. If no, she's going to but... be a face, she's going to be a face on Raw. Okay. And you can do the director of operations. Does this all tie together where she becomes the director of operations and somehow Seth Rollins does lose the main event? Because the stipulation is if he loses the main event, Kane is fired. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, so let's go to the main event here. Uh-oh. Stream of consciousness. <laughs> yeah. Who's winning the Fatal 4-Way? See? I, dead air, I'm sorry. That's it's, not, it's not Ambrose. Let's, no, let's Ambrose get Ambrose is, out is, of it. Ambrose is losing. We know. I think we can say that with most certainty. The only one I think that could win is Roman Reigns, but at the same time, I think Seth Rollins, you know, 85% is winning this match. Yeah, I do too. Right? I, I, I mean... Yeah, I, I maybe maybe they do something at Elimination Chamber then to finally get Lana out of there. I don't know. It, it's so weird having that second pay per view added in See, the month. It's so weird having it, but at the same time, it's a network special only. You're already giving so it won't, fans so it won't more, mean much. You're yeah. already giving people more than they expected. They're going to be watching for the Chamber and not for mm-hmm. a title match. Elimination Chamber is kind of how you would get Rollins versus Kane out of the way. No. Yeah. 
I mean, that seems like the perfect spot to get that match like out of the way. Maybe maybe Kane helps him win and then choke slams him. I mean, it seems like and that's we, what and, they've and, been and, doing and, the whole time and, anyway. Well, that's what the was wasn't that the ending of last month's pay per view? And every raw in between? Yes. So but, just I'm fine with them getting that match of the way. I would go Seth Rollins here just because I don't see anyone else winning, really. Like, it's not a matter of, oh, you have so many options. Let's pick one. I think you have one option. I think it's Rollins. But if we're going crazy with this Lana scenario and we want to put her as the director of operations, all of it could certainly tie together in a little soap opera kind of way. I can see them giving Orton a two-week run with the belt. Two weeks and then losing? Yeah. But who would he lose to? Roman, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Just I don't toss know. The belt I, I, think, around. I think Rollins Rollins isn't getting beat till he faces Lesnar. Yeah. That's my opinion. Rapid fire, King Barrett and Neville. Neville. Because there's no title on the line. Dolph Ziggler and Sheamus. Uh Ziggler by DQ. Okay, so Ziggler won the last match. Yeah. Right? At extreme rules. So now he wins this one by DQ because so, Sheamus is, pr- you know, probably just beating him up too much, right? Or, you know, hits him with a chair or something to that effect and then leaves. So that he, Sheamus is Sheamus is beaten down almost to the point where he's going to lose and then Ziggler's going to make him kiss the butt or whatever. And then oh, I he, hope they don't revisit that. Honestly, like they did it. Let's just forget about they, it. They keep bringing it up. They I keep know. bringing it up. So that has to be the payoff at some point. So Zig, Ziggler... Or Ziggler loses by screw job or, she- or something to that effect. Sheamus okay, could that's win. Sheamus could win by DQ because Dolph Ziggler just beat Sheamus up with a chair or something, you know, and, yeah, and forces do that, that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, but think- they're not, it's not going to end with the kiss yet. They have to save that for SummerSlam, I guess. SummerSlam seems so far away. <laughs> it, it seems so far away when, before we had two pay per views this month, and then we're going to have yeah. the one in G- June and one in July. Mm-hmm. So far away. Maybe not. I don't know. Daniel Bryan yeah, will be back I'm and stumped. re-injured by then. I'm stumped as to what's going to go on, but uh, that's my rapid fire. <laughs> it's like one of those things where this is an unpredictable show, not even for good reasons. Like, it's just, w- it's just not, I'm not, yeah. I don't have thrill for this. Not to say I won't yeah. enjoy it, because I think the card has potential to be really great. I think that Nikki Bella-Naomi match has a potential to be pretty good. Well, we don't have Nikki Bella-Naomi. We don't. Is it a tag match? It, I would put it as a tag. We don't have anything announced for it. Okay. Like, we just went through the entire card, except for the one match we have left, which is the tag titles. Like, Bray and Ryback isn't even announced for the show yet. Mm. So Can I have a women's NXT Elimination Chamber? That'd be nice. I, I would <laughs> I would imagine we'll get a uh, Bellas versus Naomi and Tamina. Just because we've had some of the singles matches, but we haven't had that tag yet. And then maybe at Elimination Chamber, you did the title match. Like, that's what I would imagine. Um, I think we're going to get Bray and Ryback. Now, let's see. Checking the SmackDown spoilers. We're not going to give spoilers during the show. We're just trying to check on a couple of things. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So far, no new matches announced. So we can't really okay. go into much of anything. Well, it'll be thrown on there. And I think it'll probably probably be a no contest just to screw with us. Apparently on SmackDown, Bo Dallas comes out to try and cheer up Daniel Bryan with some positivity. (laughs) Positivity there. 
but this tag title match, best of three falls, the new day and Tyson Kidd and Cesaro, which I think would have a lot of people talking. Like, I think this is the one match going in that most people expect to be the best. Yes. I, I actually think the fatal four way title match will be the best match in the show in the end. Cause let's mm-hmm. look at Roman Reigns' history of pay-per-view singles matches. It's pretty okay. good so far. Small sample, but pretty great so far. I think the new day retains. New day retains. Now, what do you think of this idea, Jeff? And it's not my original idea. I was actually thinking this, but others have had this idea as well. I think I know the idea, but continue. Each fall consists of a different pairing of the new day. It's sneaky, sneaky heel thing. Somewhat sneaky. By the time you get the third fall, you're going to have a fresh guy in there. Likely. Yeah. You, You know, you'll have that fresh guy where it gives them the advantage. And because each fall is its own, they can do that, apparently. Someone's I'd letting have, them I'd get away no, with this. I'd have no issue with that. That's fine. I think the New Day retains too, and I think that's one of the reasons why. I think they go with that. You know, each uh, fall has a new pairing of the three. Um, but then, yeah, you get to the Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. And you would probably, I mean, you have New Day being forced to pick only two of their people. Oh, that's going to be Kofi and Biggie. It would be, but that's that's one story for that. You have Tyson Kidd and Cesaro looking to get their belts back because they still haven't gotten a fair rematch in their mind. Mm -hmm. And now they're put in with, say it is Harper and Rowan, which seems pretty likely. Like, this is the other tag team. Maybe it's primetime players. It won't be the Ascension. I'd be the Lucha Dragons. I don't know, but they haven't been around. Yeah, they're on Superstars with a pretty entertaining feud for a mid-card tag feud. I mean, they're not around already, so maybe they come back and get involved. Right, I just would think they'd want Callisto flying around that cage for some reason. Yeah, but if you have the Intercontinental title match in there, you could probably have Neville flying around the cage. No, that's true. Yeah. Continue. So I would go with Harper and Rowan, because it would seem right. like you want a monster team in the Elimination Chamber. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say the New Day retains. But if we had to pick right now, we talked mm-hmm. about the Tag Team Elimination Chamber, talked about John Cena... Potentially mm-hmm. going against Rusev, maybe in another match. Maybe it's just one of these random challenges because you don't have to give them a big match on Elimination Chamber. It's a house show. I'll make a call. I think it might be an NXT guy. Be an NXT guy. And a Tommy, a Finn Balor. Well, probably not a Tommy. Uh, oh, that's and, right. He's injured. Yeah, Sorry. everyone's Baron, injured. Maybe a Baron Corbin. Maybe a Baron Corbin. Who knows? Somebody. I'm just gonna uh, maybe a Kevin Owens. But you have to pick six guys for the Intercontinental Championship Elimination Chamber. Okay. Who are you picking? Neville, Sheamus, Ziggler, Barrett, Dean Ambrose. And so, so far, we're five for five. It's the sixth one. It's the sixth one that always that is getting me. Because you could do someone easy and, you know, someone likely like a Stardust or R-Truth. Stardust. Or you could put someone new in there, whether it's an NXT guy or someone like a Curtis Axel or Macho Mandow or. I could see it be Stardust or I could see it be the third member of the New Day. But that they don't use in the elimination. The first one. I mean, they could. I think you would still have the third member there at ringside. So he's part of the show there. Yeah. Yeah, I, would, um, I, I think that we're going to be hyping say ourselves. Harper, but th- I was going to say Harper, but then he was in the He's, tag. Maybe Bray. Maybe Bray or Ryback. Or maybe, yeah. they, maybe they put Bray, Ryback, 
Ziggler, Sheamus, Neville, and they don't put Ambrose in there. Maybe Ambrose is involved in the world title match. Could. Could be. But it's going to be that it's going to be that caliber. I would like the Rollins Kane idea better. So you put Ambrose back in the IC pick. Basically, everyone who was in the Mania ladder match, except Daniel Bryan. Right. Is going back at it. And Luke Harper. Because he'll be in the tag match. He'll be in the tag match. That's right. Because they had so many people that eight, what, eight people in that tag? Yeah. In that ladder match. Jeez. Yep. But you got the tag picture. You're going to have to have some singles matches, too. You're probably going to put the women's title on the elimination chamber. Mm. It's interesting. I mean, it caught a lot of people by surprise. I think it's very interesting that the chamber's coming back in Corpus Christi. They, I think it's interesting that they're putting on the last day of a free month. Yeah. Well, I mean, business-wise, if people wanted to sign up for the chamber, and there's a history of the chamber popping pay-per-view buys, people want to see these chamber matches. Mm-hmm. You sign up on that day. If you don't cancel by the end of that day, your nine ninety nine is gone the next day for the next month. Okay. So, I mean, it's inter- I think they're going to get a lot of people who sign up late in this month for the free trial and don't cancel in time. Or maybe they just want to stay. Maybe it's not all about tricking people. Maybe they want to stay because of it, and they try it for a real month. Because if you sign up at 7.30 Eastern on May 31st for free to watch Elimination Chamber, at midnight that night, your credit card's getting billed for June. It's not like you get 30 days free from that point. You get no. three hours free. Right. And then your credit card gets billed. It'll be right, interesting to see how it how it goes numbers wise. I think it's a fun but, plan. But still, you'd think you'd put it like on that first week of June so that when the free month runs out, they have to resubscribe in well, order to. That's get the it. other issue. Yeah, because it is a pay-per-view that pops by sometimes that you might want to actually just get people to pay for it. The 10 bucks, but they're doing the free stuff. Let's look at November. Sting came back in a free yeah. month. They've done some big things in free months because they want people to get excited about the product and then sign up for real. Yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> you consider Sting a big thing still, which Sting, yeah. Sting was a big mm. thing. Sting was he big. was. I went back and watched the Sting Triple H match from WrestleMania yesterday. Did you? So fun. I love it. Let's, you and I differ. Let's look at this. It's 2015 on WWE TV. They gave us Sting versus Triple H right. with DX fighting the NWO, mm-hmm. Scott Hall back, Hulk Hogan back, Shawn Michaels super kicking Sting, and they gave it to us on a WrestleMania, and people complained about that match. I don't get it. How much more fun can you get? So what Sting lost? Get over it. He wasn't coming back for anything. It's just fun. It was just fun, guys. Done? All right, continue. <laughs> well see with my concussion i had a different point and i forgot it so i stalled I, there with some sting fun i figure i figure this take is a result of your concussion this take may be like i really <laughs> had something i was gonna say and i can't i can't figure I'm, it out now you know what it was probably the most brilliant thing you'd ever say oh, on this show there and you lost it and there's not a lot of brilliance i mean oh, let's no. be real i'm the brains of this show you, yeah you're the brains. which is sad it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's an uphill battle kids it's, it's pretty sad it's just ridiculously sad i don't get it oh i was gonna say uh breaking news by the way the other house show in greenville south carolina that was scheduled for this day has been canceled so uh it is only one show now on may 31st is the show in corpus christi they will have the entire roster there well 
it wasn't necessarily canceled. It was postponed. Uh, it will take place in November. It is now a Monday Night Raw. So ooh, instead of the house show, a, they get a Raw. That's a makeup. That's a nice makeup. That's although right. it is. You just have to wait it's until it's November. Early November, it's a build up to Survivor Series. Late November, it's a dead period. So. Uh, what about NXT do we want to discuss this week as, uh, you know, NXT this week on TV will have some explaining to do yeah. as to what might actually happen at TakeOver Unstoppable, which happens next week on the 20th. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a very solid hour. Solid overall. hour on TV. Oh, my gosh. I loved the Cole Owens exchanging. And then the <laughs> Sami Zayn so and good. Cole. Yeah. The whole thing yeah. with Cole, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. I loved the contract signing. Yeah. I, I liked Sasha's little uh homage to Moolah and, and the and the uh and the the, the, the promo into the camera. Both mm-hmm. promos in the camera, even Becky Lynch's was really, really good. Yeah. I mean they, they they they're figuring stuff out, which is great. Do it on the main show. Um overall, you know, and uh what okay. So we my general opinion aside. What do you think they now do with the... I think Zayn guts it out and does this match. Well, I'm thinking that way, too, because if the doctors don't think... If it's not something that can cause further injury, then maybe you let them do it. Maybe you just say, rest it for two weeks, see how it feels, Mm -hmm. and he does the match, and maybe he gets the surgery after if he needs surgery for anything. Um, What I worry about is the fact that they're so health conscious, especially after the punk stuff, Mm -hmm. that anything that's not looking right, they're going to have worked on. Yeah. And they're going to keep Sami Zayn out of it, whether he wants to go or not. Cause he tore this last week. And I know right. a lot of it was adrenaline and he was hyped up for this match, but he wrestled a 10 minute match with John Cena with this injury. Yeah. I would think after two weeks of rest, you know, some treatment during those two weeks and him wanting to gut it out. Yes. He'll be in pain, but he could probably do this match with little issue. I He's probably wrestled with far worse. Oh, yeah. But we want the guys and, to be healthy. And do you change, uh, I mean, what does the Atami injury do? Well, the Atami injury seemingly takes him out of that match. Not that I thought he was going to win anyway. Right. Um, but here's the hypothetical. If Sami Zayn can't go, you put Finn Balor in there with Tyler Breeze. You have Finn Balor win, and then you got Owens and Balor too. We could do that. And that's your unstoppable match. Because either way, I think Kevin Owens is walking out of the show with the championship. I do, too. What What is the issue is next week when we do this show will have to be our unstoppable preview. Because who knows what they're, they're, what they're going to announce on TV tomorrow night. They, they change up the entire yeah. card. That's true. I mean, I know they have TV taped and everything and they can't really change it because it's already set in stone, but... You could do some insets where you announce an injury. You can change it up a little bit. I don't know what they're going to do. You could always, I mean, and here's the other thing I flew out there. It's a dumb idea, but it's an idea. Baron Corbin destroys Rhino early mm-hmm. or, and then comes back out when Zane can't wrestle and gets beat by Steen or Owens. Sorry. I, Real names. Uh, Owens. What I, what I fear here is you don't want to hot shot anything just because of an injury. Okay. NXT has been that one promotion that's done a really good job of making things last long term and do the long-term idea. Right. I don't want them to change it just because of one injury. You can do the number one contendership. You can have that person then wrestle Owens. You can have Owens wrestle in a non-title match and put the women's title as the main event. I mean, there are options you would have. I just don't want them to hot shot. Like Baron Corbin's a guy who we know what the plan is. 
he's going to keep getting wins again until an eventual push. I don't think that right. push is coming right now, and I wouldn't want them to throw it away on Unstoppable just because they were in a bind. Because I enough. actually feel I'm one of those guys that feels Baron Corbin has potential. So don't throw you. that away. I really wish that Alex Riley, our savior, <laughs> wouldn't be hurt so we can get the rematch that we know he deserves and can win. But it's not in the cards. And it's sad. It's Heath sad Slater could come out and challenge Kevin Owens. I loved, oh, during Raw on Monday. Did you see <laughs> on Twitter? Uh, we had the U.S. Championship challenge match. Neville comes right. out. And at that moment that Neville came out, Heath Slater on Twitter tweeted, I'm stuck in traffic. Please tell me the match hasn't started yet. <laughs> He's so great. Heath Slater. <laughs> so good. So oh, good. Don't ever change. I, actually, you know what? Maybe he'll be. Maybe he'll finally get his match on the network at Elimination Chamber. Maybe. There's the payoff. Maybe. That's NXT. We'll talk more about it next week as long as we do our show before TakeOver. Uh, we should probably do a show after TakeOver. Yes. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm down. Really not much else to preview, honestly. I mean, we have the women's title. We have the NXT championship, which may or may not happen. We have the triple threat number one contendership, which may or may not happen. We have Baron Corbin and Rhino, which hasn't been announced yet, but that's where TV is leading. We have Blake and Murphy versus Enzo and Cass, which has not been announced yet for the tag titles, but that's where TV is leading. Uh, those are your matches. I mean, it's a pretty standard takeover card. And Maybe a triple threat in the women also. The Charlotte. I would figure there would be one other match. Um, We had the coming soon vignette for uh, the one man nation. Say, say, yep. The man who shall not be named. He has not yet been named yet. Although they did make him look like a star, not unlike uh, what they did with the uh, back when they had the uh, Black History Month stuff on the the thing I pointed to with Barry Windham. Yeah. How they made him look like a star. It was it was akin to the same thing. It was really, really good. They made him seem like a big deal. I liked it. Seemed like a big deal. So we'll Mm -hmm. see what they do. I don't think they're going to promo him or debut him on TakeOver, but they very well could. I think it's one of those TV debuts that'll happen later. Rather quick, too. I'm impressed. So quick. Just started. Yeah. Yeah. I just debuted. Just started. Mm Mm-hmm. All righty. That's NXT. That's WWE. I'm going to talk about some NWA. Rob, I got $25,000 here. Take my damn money. You didn't watch the promos, I sent you. I forgot to watch the promos. <laughs> Luckily, they were referenced on commentary. So I knew the idea. You know, this is Starcade 1983. It is match number 78 on our top 100 countdown of the best matches on WWE Network, as put together by WWE.com, not us. We're just reviewing the matches that were already listed by WWE.com. Starcade 1983 took place. Two years to the day before my birthday, November 24th, 1983, in front of 16,000 people in the Greensboro Coliseum, a flair for the gold. Harley Race had promised that he would never give Ric Flair a title shot. He put a $25,000 bounty on Ric Flair's head to take him out of wrestling. And it was cashed in by Bob Orton Jr. and Dick Slater, who piled drive. Well, they piled drove Ric Flair, and Ric Flair announced his retirement until 
coming back later with a baseball bat and trying to beat the hell out of both of them. Ric Flair and survives it, plane crashes. He survives. That's the, that's the second video I sent you, by the way. Oh, I when see. he came back with the baseball bat, it was re- really hot yeah. stuff because Flair cuts a Flair cuts a magnificent screaming promo into the camera. Sure, it's really good. Ric Flair's good. I don't know if you know this, but Ric Flair's pretty good. But yes, this is this is, this is actually uh, this and the uh, Piper uh, Valentine match from this card are the two matches on this list that predate my fandom. Actually, <laughs> oh, interesting. I, I, had to, I had to go back and uh, and and rent this tape when I was a kid. Yeah, uh, because well, what, it, it's, what's a tape, Granddad? Uh, you should go to this thing called a video store and rent different wrestling tapes. That's the only way I got to see WWF back in Virginia. Anyways, I'm, I was just super freaked out that Tony Schiavone was around for this show. Very young Tony Schiavone doing the backstage interviews. That My was God, a, I can't get away from Tony Schiavone wherever I go. It's just well, it, always there. It's interesting that it predates my fandom because no. I remember my my parents predates my life. My, yeah, my mom didn't want me watching wrestling because it's too violent and bloody. It is, and, yes. and, it, and it well now it's not. Now it well, now it shows you it, it shows you now how the age demographic for fandom has shifted because kids now come in earlier watching wrestling as opposed to when it was like fake fighting and you know big burly tough guys who would kill your mother right but but also it it brings up a problem well, i don't want anyone to be killing moms here we just had mother's day and now we're talking about killing moms and pro wrestling well you know what i mean but anyways it, it just shows you how okay. it just shows you how the demographics <laughs> have shifted and they how have, people yes. now and now how people get burned out on wrestling far more earlier as opposed to say when it was more adult oriented, you'd, you'd have that long standing fandom in there, uh-huh. you know, 20, 30 years of fandom. And now it's just like, I don't want to watch that kitty crap anymore. Right. That's, no, that's true. And the other thing I took away from this match, because it actually segues in is just how little was done in this match. It was so little. The first it was 10, so little. The first 10 I mean, minutes are, cool. you know, headlocks after headlocks. There's a takeover. I mean, they're walking around the cage because Gene Konitsky uh, was the special ref in this to make sure that Harley Race couldn't escape and no one could interfere. He was the enforcer, really. Yet in a cage match mm-hmm. to make sure Flair got his fair shot and no one could collect bounties and people could run in and all this. But yeah, so little done. It took about 10 minutes into the match where Harley Race goes for like his big winding, you know, backdrop elbow onto yeah. his poor Ric Flair and the crowd's building up like, no, don't do it. Don't do it, Harley. He goes down, he misses. Ric Flair moves out of the way. More more of nothing for a while. Uh, it was very slow paced, very slow moving. They went 24 minutes in total, but you know what? The crowd was with them when they needed to be and they were eating up the little action there was. So well, there are two, two things early. Work on it. Yeah, they two could things- work it. Two things early that that I noticed that were just little things that that I loved. Uh, Kaniski during the intros, going to each turnbuckle and checking for weapons and stuff within the and making sure the turnbuckles were screwed on. Yeah, yeah. I, and I thought that was kind of cool. But but just the the difference between today and then, whereas on just a simple roll up spot mm-hmm. where he kicks out at two, they do the standing off with fists clenched for the heat. As opposed to in today's matches where you have to do like 20 different flips and, and dives and reversals. And then you get to that fist, 
clenching and they and it means nothing anymore. That that was cool. I like But God, like every headbutt was just like a killer. I mean he gigged off of a headbutt. Flair did. I love yeah. He I, I laid love, it on a headbutt. I love always watching like the older referee action, not just special refs. But whenever right. I watch like seventies and early eighties referees and matches, mm-hmm. Gene Kaniski here, just to see the different styles. Gene Kaniski, when he would go down, like Harley Race moved Ric Flair. Ric Flair had Harley in a headlock. Right. And they do the rollover to where Flair's shoulders are on the ground. Gene mm-hmm. Kaniski slowly gets down, puts one arm under the one shoulder, moves to the other shoulder to make sure both are down. And Harley Race, basically in today's age, had Flair down for a three count before Gene right. even started counting. Yeah. He was just making sure everything was legit. I just I mean, love small we, we, stuff like that. Like, I like yeah. this match. It puts so much in perspective, too, about how guys, oh, we, we used to work one hour a night, five nights a week, twice on Sundays. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not like that they didn't have, didn't need any uh, athletic ability, because, of course, it takes, you know, it takes a lot to do it. But still, when you're, when your offense is basically kick in the gut, headbutt, elbow drop. <laughs> yeah. You can do that. Dolph Ziggler works harder in an eight-minute match. Yes. Then Harley Race and Ric Flair were. Well, when... he he does a lot more. He does he more. That's true. Work hard. That's true. He doesn't he does work more. hard. Yes. Let's let's be respectful because he does Harley, more. Harley Race has always looked sixty. He was like forty here, and he looks sixty yeah. every match he's in. <laughs> oh, but I did love this. I loved I loved the little things. I loved the uh, I loved the post match interviews. In the, in the locker room afterwards where they put like a couch and a table and a lamp in a locker room to make it look like a living room. Right. <laughs> Flair, actually, there's a callback to a, to his Royal Rumble. I mean, well, it's a precursor to his Royal Rumble post-match interview where in both he goes, this is the greatest night of my life. That's pretty darn good. I, I was entertained by that. Yeah, It was a I, flair for the gold. I, I have to yeah. figure a lot of our listeners had seen this before. No, at least- I don't think a lot have. Okay, maybe not seen it, but at least heard about Starcade of Flair for the Gold. At least heard right. about it. And Harley Race has a pretty good post-match promo for a loser because he's just like, I'll yeah. be back. And it sounds like he's swallowing gravel every this, time he speaks. This is one of those matches which is on this list for the importance of it. Yes, this is a historical match. It is a historical match it. that you, if you are a Ric Flair fan, you should a, have seen. And a Harley Race fan. And know, a Harley Race matter. fan. Yeah. And a Harley Race fan. You would want to watch this match, I think. Yes. So do that. Um, Next week, we have from Spring Stampede 1997, Mm -hmm. match number 77, Diamond Dallas Page versus Randy Savage. The match that DDP credits with making him. You know, I think I'm going to take the diamond cutter tonight. Why not? <laughs> Randy Savage, GDP from WCW Spring Stampede 1997, which happened right around the time I was uh, really getting into WCW. Like, this is one of those feuds that I remember early on in WCW. Of course, I was getting in because of the Sting stuff. Like, that's how I got into WCW was the Sting angle okay. with the NWO. But I remember GDP and Randy Savage. I remember the craziness of Lex Luger winning the title for that one week. Right. You know, things going on with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and Paul White and all this other stuff that was going on. Uh, but yeah, this is one of the big main feuds that got me into WCW was DDP and Randy Savage. 
So hmm, I'm looking interesting. For, I'm looking forward because to revisiting this. It's one. interesting because you were on the way in and I was on the way out by this yeah. point. Because all I wanted to watch was the first hour of Nitro with the cruiserweights and the luchadors, and then turn it maybe to WWE and see if uh, see if D'Lo Brown was going to do something. But other than that, I mean, I, I know love, we all love D'Lo Brown, but D'Lo Brown's the best. That's a little ridiculous. He's phenomenal. You want a D'Lo Brown backstage story? Sure. So I'm refing for a very, very local uh, promotion in Huntington, Indiana. And the big star this month coming into Bruiser Wrestling was D'Lo Brown. And I tell the story because D'Lo Brown was hired by TNA and WWE as an agent at various points. So here we are in Huntington, Indiana. D'Lo Brown is the main event. The first match on the show is between two local guys. Right. Don't wrestle anymore. One of them was a good friend of mine. These guys are talking about what they can do in the match. They're asking the matches that are after them what they're going to do for the finish to make sure that they don't do the same thing. Which you don't see a lot in some independent shows. They just do whatever they want. But this was a promotion where the guys aren't being too flashy. Like it's somewhat old school wrestling. Even the young kids, they're not being too super flashy because they don't have aspirations to go anywhere. They're just having fun. Right. So they're asking what all the other finishers are. So they're having trouble coming up with a finish because there are some pretty, you know, average finishes happening on the rest of the show. So they're kind of all their choices have been taken. They turn to D'Lo Brown, who's sitting right in the center of the room. Hey, D'Lo, what do you think we should do here? And D'Lo Brown sits. I like D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown was super nice. D'Lo Brown sits there, blank stare, turns up a little bit, looks at the guy, and seemingly thinks without saying a word for about 30 seconds. And he says, you know what, boss? I'm not sure. <laughs> this is D'Lo Brown, who was hired as an agent by WWE and TNA, couldn't come up with a finish to a first match on a local indie show, even if you didn't know. Do a roll-up, kid. I like him because I forgive it was 93 or 94. I went to a Smoky Mountain uh, fan fest type thing, and uh, he was still there with – he was the third member of the Gangsters at the time, and they did this thing called uh, Barbecue with the Heels. Where you could Where you could have like well, – you know, Where you could have barbecue uh, with the heels. Yeah, and Jim Cornette would tell war stories, and sure. Dave Meltzer would sit there and write all his notes. And- right. <laughs> but he was very nice Give to me. Give all the story very, star ratings. And I was very shy at the time, shockingly enough, and very kind of intimidated by the whole thing. But he was very nice to me. So, I mean, I... He's a very nice guy. I, I, I like him a lot. He's a very nice guy. He was probably wondering, why am I asking, or why am I trying to think of a finish for you when I'm in Huntington, Indiana, in front of 50 people? Never got his due, I don't think, in the WWE. He should have gotten more, I think. I just remember being so surprised when he showed up for that last run. Yeah. Like, here's D'Lo Brown. Okay. Right after his ROH run. Feuding with Santino, of all people. Yeah. (laughs) Right after his ROH run, yeah. I love love the chest protector gimmick, too. I thought that was clever. (laughs) It was interesting, yeah. Never brought it back, though. Like, if you're going to have a final run, you should do the chest protector thing. That's what people remember you from. I agree. Why not? If you're going to be a nostalgia act. Another act that Triple H killed cold dead. Let's stop hating on Triple H here, kids. <laughs> I think that's a little passe. I, I think. 
Can, I know. We can cut out the hate. For we can. Uh, we can you cut can. it out. I can at least. Um, but next week we will talk match number seventy-seven DDP, as well as Randy Savage. Uh, mm-hmm. We will either record a preview for Takeover, or the next episode will be our Takeover post show. We'll see how the schedules work out for it. Uh, we will talk about Payback. Yeah, we yeah. have to do a show after Payback, don't we? We have to do a show after Payback. Now, will we be live or live to tape, or is that to be determined? We should watch your Twitter. Okay. Let's make a decision. It won't be live. We'll take calls okay. during it. Okay. Okay, so we're going to make the schedule right now. Sunday night, right after yes. Payback. Right. We are going to record. We will take calls during the hour. If you want to call in, follow our Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. We'll take calls from 11 p.m. Eastern to 12 a.m. We'll be on for that hour. Okay. Jeff is looking at me like, ah, oh, I can't believe I'm going to be up this late. So we will take, I'm fine with it. We'll take anyone who wants to call. All right. We'll be, do that Sunday, our payback post show. Mm-hmm. We will likely preview anything that's necessary on takeover on that show. Okay. Okay. Because and then we won't do one. We're on not Tuesday. doing three shows next week. Okay. So we're not going to do the match next week. Then. Or are we? We will do the match after takeover. Okay. After the takeover show. Okay. So Sunday will be payback review and takeover preview. And then Wednesday night, right after takeover, we will do takeover review and match number 77, DDP and Goldberg. Or excuse me, DDP and Randy Savage from Spring Stampede. So we will be on the air Sunday night taking calls from 11 to 12 Eastern. And then Wednesday night after takeover, talking about that event. Uh, follow our Twitter because we may take calls on that one. Maybe not. Depends on how the event goes. If there's a lot of hysteria around it, we might get some feedback from you on the calls on the old phone machine. Uh, but those will be our two shows next week, Sunday and Wednesday. Uh, but yes, follow us on Twitter at shake them ropes for any updates on that. Uh, you can subscribe to our show voices of slash S T R. If you go directly there, all the links to all the different subscriptions are right on the top of the page. And you can find all our posts at voices of slash S T R YouTube. We're on YouTube. We're recording video right now. I'm looking at the camera. I think I'm looking at the camera. Can't really see anything because I have blurred vision now with my head injury. But voicesofwrestling.com slash YouTube, subscribe. You will get these episodes in video, STR TV. And you know what? We may even do a post show. Ooh. We're going to do a post show. Okay. So you'll see five minutes of us blabbering about nothing for five minutes. Voicesofwrestling.com slash YouTube. Uh, but that's all I got for this week, Jeff, on Shake Them Ropes episode 82. Anything you want to say to the people on our way out? I'm Dana Brooke. She doesn't sound like that. <laughs> it's awful. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.